0: Great. Welcome to another episode of the Vd Clinic podcast. We are smack dab in the middle of summer. So here we are with a hidden gem that uh <laughs> is I hear it's doing well at the box office this weekend, but you heard it here first everybody. There's a movie called Jaws. Uh, it came out in 1975 or it was made in 1975. I don't know why it took until now for it to hit theaters, but I have—I had a good feeling on this, so it became our pick for the month. Uh, we are doing uh, everybody's, well, mostly everybody's a favorite uh, summer shark movie, Jaws, from 1975, based off Peter Benchley's 1974 novel of the same name. I am Darren. You'll hear Vanessa in a second, and we have a special guest who she will introduce.
1: Yes, our special guest joining us from a warmer state than mine, but mine's pretty hot right now. It's Lance from The Horror Returns. Hello, Lance.
2: How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite, guys.
1: Well, you know, I have to make
2: sure that you're keeping
1: on that reading challenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, <clears throat> yeah, you're holding me accountable because I I slipped a little bit, um, kind of fell behind on my 24 books, but uh, once I've read this one and I've got another one I'm about to wrap up and then I'm back on track and uh, I'll hit that challenge, but uh, the wife and I were dealing with another challenge over the last two weeks, as you guys well know, is we uh, succumbed to the... It's real, it's really out there. COVID-19 truly exists, and we can attest to that.
1: Yeah, well, we did, I mean, <clears throat> awful that you had to deal with that. Wonderful that you were on the mend. But, uh, that, yeah, we were going to bring that up, of course. We couldn't help but bring it up while we uh, talk about this book and movie. uh. I mean the memes have been out there. <laughs> it was screaming oh, for yeah. it was screaming for the discussion. So, you know, listeners don't blame us. <laughs> it's been there already. But um yes, if you have any insight on the situation that you want to share, that will uh, that would be great. So but anyway, um any anything else you wanna say before we jump into the discussion?
2: Uh, you know, just in general, dealing dealing with that particular topic just something I want all the listeners to to know about and definitely on our podcast we're you know I'm sharing sharing the story as well, but we're um, we live in Texas and uh, Texas is one of those states that's um, a little bit more to the red, I guess the red than the blue. And I don't know why this whole thing has become so politicized, but it has. Um, So my wife's company has had her laid off since March 17th. That's when they closed their doors, and they finally reopened her store, which is a small box retail store where she basically has to show people how to use kitchen gadgets. She has to sharpen knives for them, lots of hands-on stuff. And I don't know about all the other states out there, but in Texas, if you were really, really, really lucky before the mask mandate, you might have. 30 or 40% of the people in a store are actually wearing masks. And um, unfortunately, uh, much to my dismay and chagrin, and well, fuck, it pissed me off, goddammit. They opened her fucking store while the mask mandate hadn't happened yet. There was still one week that she had to go back to work without that. So I'm not sure if that's how it happened or not, but uh, I do know that she had been back to work for about a week. We both got really sick, uh, both tested positive two mondays ago thank god uh we have negative tests as of friday so we're out of that part of it but i think the uh coughing and 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 weakness is going to be with her unfortunately a long time so i don't know just for whatever it's worth just please wear your mask be be courteous of other people out there because this thing is real and it's obviously very very easy to catch yeah
0: if you think a mask is uncomfortable Uh, look up what what they do when they put you on the uh when they intubate you
2: oh god i had a couple of really scary nights her there there was about a week there that her fever would not break and um i would stay awake listening to her just to make sure her breathing was staying you know regular and her breathing didn't get shallow or she didn't sound like she was struggling but it was uh it was a scary experience I i was very fortunate i had like One really, really bad night early on and kind of sweated it all out a couple of nights after that. But, uh, yeah, don't take uh, chances. Don't take chances with your loved ones, your family members, and take this thing seriously. And I guess, above all, be respectful of of other people, you know? It's a hard thing to do.
0: When uh, Mayor Vaughn's running around telling you,
2: it's <laughs> that's right. Ridiculous. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs>
1: that's just it. Is it's not just your Mayor Vaughn's. It's
0: the alder older people. The what what it's are they called?
1: The aldermen. Yeah. And then you have also you have the media too in this. Mm. Oh, you know, very. at least you have Meadows. You have Meadows. So in the book so there are differences between the movie and the book and i we're going to spoil them it's just what it is it's been out for 75 uh, 75 45 years at this point i think we can spoil something
0: i, I but, think so did you you didn't see the spoiler that a dear listener put on the page thinking you had read the book before did you
1: um i don't think i did
0: oh okay I was pretty quick to catch it because, you know, I psychotically check when I get a, a group notification for some reason. I'm not sure why. Yeah. I just think I have to do it right then. But uh, I was like, oh, no, that's kind of a spoiler. Please take it down. And then it went away.
1: No, I think I just saw the where you had said, oh, that was a spoiler. We'll take it down for now.
0: Anyway, I busted yeah. up your flow
1: but no that's okay if anybody is listening that wants to doesn't want spoilers you know because to know about the differences um maybe they've seen the movie you know but they don't want to spoil the book um then go read the book and come back yeah, it's but it's a quick read <laughs> it's a yeah, Quick because read. Read. you know we didn't do one last, last year but you know this is definitely qualifies as a VD clinic you know official trashy beach read um <laughs>
0: We're working on our way up to Flowers in the Attic next year, probably.
1: Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh, please.
0: I don't know how long the book is.
1: Mother, eat the cookie! Um,
0: Christy Swanson. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God.
1: When I
2: was, in, I was in high school, everybody was reading that book.
1: Everybody was reading that. I know. I, I actually didn't. They're reading all those V.C. Andrews books. I didn't read those then, but I did read... Uh, flowers in the attic, at least a little bit later. But that's a
0: different that's, story. That's just one of the first things that pops up when I picture looking at adults reading books on the beach from my childhood. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah. Okay. Like I know my mom and probably some of my aunts had flowers in the attic. Sitting there. Oh, I'm
1: sure. I think, yeah. And uh, anything like Jackie Collins or something, but we are not going to. I'm going to draw the line at Jackie Collins. Sorry,
0: just. I only really know the name as. as uh... Did she write those red-covered novels?
1: There were all those romance novels.
0: Yeah. Okay. That
1: apparently were a step up, step up from Harlequin romance. I don't. <laughs> and not my genre, What's so. I can't, I can't say from personal experience, but.
0: I
3: think my
1: um, older
0: sister had a bunch of those.
1: Yeah, I have friends who were in th- into them, and that's, that's
0: why I know. I'm like, okay. We could do uh, a Stacey, Stacey Prime. Abrams, former Georgia gubernatorial candidate. Stacey Abrams, I guess, writes romance novels. Really? Yeah. I, d-
2: okay. I didn't know that. She's got at least oh, one or
0: two. Only you would know that. Well, there's that one guy in Tennessee that won uh, the Republican—I think it was Tennessee— yes Uh, that writes uh sasquatch erotica erotica oh no (laughs) yes yes
3: i think
2: i
0: heard about that yeah this is a real thing oh the good old days when it was just they write sasquatch erotica oh but so
1: no actually and while we're on this this weird topic peter benchley that wrote jaws
2: Uh
1: had been um a speech writer for Lyndon B. Johnson.
2: <laughs> I did read that. Yeah. I read that in the afterward notes and in, in the jaws edition. I, I was
1: like, what? That's so, that's such an interesting thing. I, you know, I just don't think about it, but you can see why he was just like, yeah, I can write, but mm, I gotta, this is not my milieu. I got,
4: <laughs>
1: I got, I'm I, not my, you know, niche of writing. I got to go to this other area kind of interesting though yeah,
0: but, but it's,
2: all, it's all connected
1: all connected i guess
2: at least he wasn't a writer for nixon right <laughs> it True. a lot worse
0: yeah the guy that wrote starship troopers is more likely to be a writer for nixon
2: <laughs> ah okay
0: the the you've i'm sure you've probably seen the movie sure sure yeah. the the novel is written by like a super pro military guy i think he was a veteran and ah, he, was, okay. he was like angry at eisenhower and shit and it was uh so <laughs> i really liked what uh shit why am i forgetting his name the director
1: verhoeven paul- yeah verhoeven.
0: Paul, paul verhoeven i love what he did with it and i think it actively pissed off the writer
1: Oh that's, yeah, it that's did. That's
0: a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> but movie, uh, the movies anyway. Jaws. God damn it, we're acting like it's, it's like a semantic
2: over here. Which,
0: but Verhoeven
1: directed Showgirls, which was the first episode of VD Clinic. So it really all comes back oh, to the show. Wow,
2: got to go back and listen to that one. That's true. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, this David very well. I'm
2: sorry, <laughs> I made David watch that. <laughs> Oh, that's it has right. its good yeah. points. It's uh, oh, it's definitely totally laughable.
1: Does. Oh, it totally does. It man? actually has like, some good satirical yeah. moments, but it's just certain people in aren't in on the joke, and that's what's funny. I can see that. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley being the big one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Poor Jesse. Gina Gershon gets
1: it though. <laughs> Anyway, that's a past (laughs) episode.
0: Go look that one up. It's probably, it is the first one, I think, right? Is that what you said? It is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Downloading it as we speak. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so Jaws. That was one thing I found interesting about Benchley is that he had started uh, writing in politics. But, I mean, he was a freelance journalist, so I guess maybe it makes sense.
0: Yeah. And he, I I never read any of his other books. I don't know if he wrote other books even. Um, he, it seems that like he wrote some. He felt bad about people being scared of sharks after the book. Eventually. I don't know how long it took him to say that.
2: Yeah, there was some of that in the, uh so I, I ended up, uh, buying the book on my on my nook, and there was quite a bit of notes afterwards talking about all the different titles that he thought about calling the book. The it had like over a hundred yeah. and fifty titles. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mine has a great afterwards, um, like excerpts. Like he has a whole. Um, mine has like the title idea brainstorm list, and that mm-hmm. yeah, there were like almost hundred fifty of them. And then there's like an excerpt from the book Shark Trouble.
2: Shark Trouble, that's right.
1: <laughs> which is a nonfiction book he partly wrote about jaw, the writing and making of the movie Jaws. The writing of the book and the making of the movie. Yeah. And the whole process.
2: Might be worth checking out.
1: No, which no, no. I, now I want to read that because I want to find finding yeah. out more. And once I watched rewatched the movie, and this time I watched like the making of documentary or whatever that was on the edition I had. Uh, it was kind of it was it, there were certain things that I found very interesting in the fact of. I mean, we have already said that there are differences. Between the book and the movie. And, you know, that's pretty common when you have uh, film adaptations of written material, existing written material. But, you know, the Spielberg, he not just he, Peter Benchley was a lot, you know, did write or co write the original screenplay for this. So there is some of it that is very faithful probably more so than other movies, I think, would have been. But then there were, you know, multiple writer, other writers who got involved, including Spielberg himself, and then Spielberg allowed a certain amount of ad-libbing here and there. And, like, that shark speech, for instance, that Quint does, like the Indianapolis speech, mm-hmm. it, like, the Robert Shaw was the one who had, like, did the last draft of that speech, like went through and helped rewrite it before it was actually done?
2: Yeah, I, I was so disappointed that that wasn't the speech wasn't in the book.
1: I know, I I was too, I was too. But I'll you know, but it was an interesting uh, evolution to hear how this project evolved and. I don't know, Spielberg, I guess maybe because he was younger, he just has doesn't strike me as someone who's very into ad libbing Really? I don't know why. Okay. He strikes me as a little bit more of a control freak.
2: Not not quite Kubrick level, I wouldn't think though, right?
1: Oh no, gosh, no. <laughs> oh god, no. But especially but I you know, I'm saying because maybe he was this was also one of his younger I mean, earlier films. Mm-hmm. You know, as he said, as he describes himself making us, he's like, yeah, I was kind of just young and stupid to some extent. <laughs> it wasn't just inexperienced. It was just young and stupid.
0: <laughs> when with the shark effects failing so many times and him being right. forced to change, it probably made him a little bit more amenable to, okay, well, we're, if we're going to change this, then yeah, go ahead. You know, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a sunken shark. You guys try to figure out what what, what you're going to say in the next, in this next scene here. <laughs> and they, what, they threatened to shut down the movie quite a few times.
1: Yeah, well, and I love that they named the shark Bruce after Spielberg's lawyer.
0: Oh, God. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, makes you wonder. I'm like, was it Spielberg's lawyer on the phone <laughs> or someone like that saying your it's, funding's being pulled.
0: Yeah. I uh, I guess uh, w- another way we could go into this was how yeah. when did you first watch Jaws? Lance, go
1: ahead.
2: <laughs> oh God, I um <clears throat> I missed it the first go around. I remember <clears throat> everybody telling me, about I had some some friends when I was young that used to say, "Oh God, it's the scariest thing ever," and. Uh, I, I, I never will forget, I have two friends They named Raul and Romy and I stayed over at their house and I remember they were telling me how scary it was and their dad was like, oh god you've got to check out this movie Jaws I really don't think I ever got around to it until it had been out for about 10 years or so and I think it came on HBO and my dad was kind of my gateway to a lot of the Spielberg stuff and the 80's action movies and Late 70s action movies, and I watched it with him. And um, uh, now I did introduce it to the granddaughters when they were, I think, like two and seven years old. (laughs) So got them started early. But uh, yeah, no, I I think I didn't see it until about, I guess, about 85 or so.
0: Oh, cool. We might have seen it around the same time.
2: I was a little bit frightened, to be honest with you. And then when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is cool. I can get into that." And then I started kind of seeking out more uh, similar movies and more Spielberg stuff. At that point,
0: oh, and when he had the what did went uh, American Graffiti? Did you get to that quick, or did you get to that one late? Uh,
2: pretty. That was pretty George early. Lucas. Oh, that was George, oh, that that was was George Lucas. L- okay. Yeah. Sh- uh, Sugarland oh. Express, right? Was uh. And Duel. D- Duel was the first. Ah, oh, that was the made-for-TV movie about the truck driver who went uh-huh. nuts, right? Yeah. I didn't see that
0: until about fifteen years ago.
2: Oh yeah. It's a good movie. It's a good movie.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. Let's see, so I yeah I was. I probably saw Jaws on the couch with with my dad on HBO around the time that Lance watched it.
2: We were probably watching the same exact time. Yeah,
0: it same, was probably same the, exact f- show. <laughs> the free preview weekend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Where our, yeah, we sat there with the VCR and just recorded everything and sorted it out later. Uh, Vanessa, what about you?
1: Um, it was the late '70s, um, and it was on regular TV because we didn't have cable. Um, <laughs> it was with my dad, probably knowing my dad, but I was I was young. I mean, it, that's why I mean I was maybe five at the oldest. And it helped contribute to my fear of water and, sw- and why I can't swim to this day. I mean, if I had to save myself, I probably could, but maybe because <laughs> I do a mean back. I do a mean backstroke and can float and doggy paddle, but that holding my breath underwater, I don't do.
4: Because <laughs> well,
1: between this movie, this movie. And the legacy, and nearly drowning, taking swimming lessons one time. I yeah, I that did it for me for years.
2: Oh yeah, the legacy was definitely one of my early influences <laughs> that got, got me into horror movies. Yep,
1: but again, yeah, that, another another one my dad showed to me at an early age. I was at least a little bit older with that one. That one, but I had already been scarred by Jaws, <laughs> and so the you know. That underwater thing just already...
2: Yeah. Yeah, those swimming pool covers that close like that... Fuck that. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with a swimming pool that has a cover that can cover over it while you're swimming, you know?
0: Oh, is that where they got it for uh, Ghosts in the Machine? I guess so. I guess. Can't think of anything other than that that had that sort of thing happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally showed my 5 year old jaws mm-hmm. but i was already irresponsible and let him see uh 47 meters down part 2 and uh deep blue sea okay yeah. uh so i figured if he would if he was okay with those he'd be okay with jaws and he likes jaws well i don't know i might tack it on at the end i sent you guys yeah. the little audio recording
1: you should <laughs>
0: i was thinking uh, the same thing
1: <laughs> danzig's review of the movie
2: yeah. oh wow gotta get that
0: on there man uh, and we've talked enough politics that this will probably also come out on the semantic feed <laughs> okay. but
1: I, but um but I, I guess another thing um when you're talking about parents being irresponsible with showing their children things i don't know if it's that i think it's it's also what they're you what is more normalized now than compared to then like i didn't you show your child more things and my dad like i didn't watch a lot of tv other than PBS, like educational programming, and even that was very limited.
0: Oh yeah, we had to save up our TV hours. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I would. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's why I watch so many fucking movies now.
1: Maybe oh. that's what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I could do it. There's no limit, even though there's <laughs> other limits in the. But fuck it, Jaws, the first. <laughs> Uh, difference I noticed yeah, was uh, well I mean I don't something that somebody might consider having still in the movie now if they made it nowadays Mm -hmm. you know they might change how Chrissy gets to the water you know that that's easy enough to change but when uh, Hendrix finds her the next right. day and he's blowing his whistle and vomiting. I feel like that might've stayed in a movie, maybe not a Steven Spielberg movie, but okay. if, if someone was given that material, they
2: might've had that part in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that was pretty like when I was reading it, it was, it was pretty easy to visualize all that. So I could definitely see that being put into a, into a movie without, without any problem. It's not like reading something like House of Leaves where you're like how in the fuck would they make something this obtuse into a into a film. It was it was pretty and it was a 250 page book, like you guys said kind of a short read. So, I don't know, were, we're when you guys were reading the book, were you couldn't help yourself but picture the actors that that were in the movie <laughs> for all the parts?
1: Well, for the most part, I mean, until I mean there were certain things obviously where they the Benchley gives a very distinct description and it's so different and then you're like, yeah, okay, now I'm, like, the Quint
2: <laughs> difference. The bald head.
1: <laughs> like, Mr. Clean compared to yeah. Robert Shaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a big difference, but uh-huh. you know, I'm like, okay, I had to work to get that in my head and, and make that work for a little bit. I got there, but... <laughs>
0: What do you, what do you, what did you people think about the differences in Matt Hooper?
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Not a very likable character in the book, was he?
0: The, he's the anti-Dreyfus.
2: No. Right. Yeah, he is. Very much so. <laughs>
0: I think that that's a lot weird. of people's main complaint. I'm sorry?
2: Uh-huh. That was weird. That was, that was a complete turnaround for sure. I, I wasn't expecting that
1: well that yeah because it wasn't just attitude it you know obviously there's the affair situation so and for me i i think that was something that was helpful to cut out cut out of the book i mean cut out of the movie
0: yes i think so too i think it works in a trashy beach novel Yes. Not so much in, in a summer blockbuster movie.
1: No, absolutely not. It it adds nothing to the story and especially you gotta condense down for for length. You're already at a, a movie that's just over two hours, even though it doesn't drag so much. There are only a few places where you seem to have like down moments. Mm-hmm. But they don't last very long, and to have I feel like to have that or the mob subplot in there too, that goes on with, you know, the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: a little bit more backstory there, huh? A little bit more backstory there. Not sure if we needed that. So.
1: No, I'm not sure if we needed that, and, and I and so I'm glad that got cut out there too, but. You know, it keeps it focused on what the story is. I feel even reading the book, that's my those are my complaints about the book. it I don't mind the mobs subplot so much in the book mm-hmm. but the like the romance, the little affair side thing in the movie, I mean, in the book, I'm just kind of like, okay, I feel like it's meandering a little bit. I don't know, I feel like it takes up too much of the story when really you have more even that could go on between the, you know, in the book, in the book, I feel the actual hunt between the three Mm -hmm. of Hooper, Brody and Quint. It doesn't last that long in the book, I feel.
0: Uh, textually, no, although I I will get to that part later. But, you know, that is also different as they go out and come back, go out, come back, go out, come back. Right. In the book and in the movie, it's like they're just out until it's done. Right. one,
2: One long expedition.
1: Right. But considering that in the movie, that is half the movie is then their expedition
3: mm-hmm.
1: to kill the beast. But in in the book, it, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of it you once you cut out that the affair type stuff, I mean, and it's fine, like like we said, for a trashy bee tree type thing. And I'm not complaining that, that that's what this is. It's just it is what it is. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, if you don't want that you know, you want just adventure. I mean, it's certainly a step up, it's certainly above an old, the old man in the sea, in my b- opinion. <laughs> because I was sitting there at points reading this, and that's the last, I was like, that's probably the last book I read where I had someone out at, out at sea this much, <laughs> right. dying in a boat, and like looking at the thoughts of a fish. <laughs>
2: Well, Mm. I will say, though, that that subplot in the book definitely added to the tension uh, once they got on the boat between Brody and Hooper. And there was that hilarious scene where Quince just started laughing and fell out of his seat and said, I saw that coming since you both entered my boat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, no, I I agree. If you're going to change the Hooper character, it certainly does, you know, add to the tension. But you could have you didn't even have to have them necessarily act on anything. Mm-hmm. You could just have them like a flirtation type going on and just basic jealousy and save a certain amount of time and get some of the same results.
2: Yeah, fair enough.
1: I, I don't know. That's but just my opinion as far as where you could have trimmed it down a little.
0: Because <clears throat> they, they gloss over, I guess, in the book, there's a lot of talk about, the Amity understanding and all that stuff. And uh, what Brody in the book, Brody's from there Mm -hmm. and she's right. And, but in the movie it's like they, they all move from New York. Yes. And
1: uh, yeah, which I, sorry to interrupt. I think it makes sense for at least one of them to have been from the area. I mean, is that just me?
0: Yeah, it's, but well, I mean, we I am okay. definitely a proponent of police officers working in the areas in which they live.
1: So oh, I agree. guess it's good
0: that he moved there, but it, it is weird that they hired it's like hot fuzz or something. It was like, we're sending <laughs> you to Amity Island. <laughs>
2: hot fuzz. Didn't expect to hear that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it works, though. <laughs> yes, it does.
0: But you know, there's that time on the beach with that lady. who's like, "You can, you'll never be an islander. You have to be born here." Now they don't say it to Brody, and maybe he's from there. You know, a lot of the stuff in the movie could be the same story as from the book, but they just don't show it. You know, they could be going, right. oh, going out and coming back in when they're on the boat. So I, I didn't see anywhere to fucking sleep, and I see at least, right? You know that. Uh, or they they don't have the backstory about when Brody and Mrs. Brody got together. Yeah, they have. They leave a lot of the stuff out about her feeling weird because it's like she she married the help or whatever.
2: You know. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Which I don't touch on that so much in in the movie. You know, yeah. like the social social ladder and all that kind of stuff, and the way that she kind of. Feel some regrets and things like that. You and know?
1: truthfully, if you're going to add some more to the movie, I think you could have added some of that. Okay. And then, you know, and then you had a little cut down a little bit, trimmed down a little bit of your, like, maybe five minutes of the action out trying to catch, you know, actual fish. If you're going to change it around a little, because that would add an interesting dynamic. And certainly explains some things,
0: yeah. you know, Is about
1: she... how the community treats him too.
0: Very true, and she's not in the movie a whole lot, especially in compared to the no,
1: film. And no, she's I don't, not.
0: I don't know if that's, uh, you know, thinking back on stuff like uh, what Indiana Jones and stuff like that. Uh, women aren't really the main characters. They're kind of props in the early <laughs> 80s. Early Spielberg, Spielberg stuff. Spielberg stuff, I think. But I don't know. If, oh, I'm very just, much so. You know.
1: Very much. They're there to be moms. That's yeah. pretty much it. They're there to be wives and mothers, and that's it.
2: Mm-hmm. Kind of like a military movie. And...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, okay. So where where are we in the chronology? We're just kind of setting up the town,
1: right? No, that's just all we've kind of been talking about so far.
0: Uh, you know, well, did you notice that they made a point to show how small of a are? Well, I guess in the town it's not as small as it would be in other places. But Mayor Vaughn won his election by seventy one votes. Yeah, and.
1: Which, can I, before we go any further, can I just say, in the movie, doesn't Mayor Vaughn have the best blazers? I mean, like, that 70s anchor print one, oh my god, it's a special <laughs> kind of magnificence. It really, that existed only in the 70s. <laughs> and only in, oh. like like seaside kind of communities.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's in the movie. He's also a real estate salesman, right? They didn't cut that part out. They just don't.
1: No, no. He's yeah. I I think that they refer to that.
0: I was going to, I guess it would fit more with the vision of a seventies car salesperson, but
1: well, real estate though, too. I feel.
0: Yeah. Fair enough.
2: But he's a
1: politician, so he, you know.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, could could even be tied to global warming a little bit, you know. You've got your real estate people who want to make sure that that you know property close to the sea always retains its value, but they know that eventually, if you if you know anything about science, that a lot of that stuff's going to be lost. So I don't know. You could kind of maybe tie that in too a little bit. Am I <laughs> am I way off on this or what? I'm
0: sure his politics are led well I mean it's pretty blatantly led by his uh, interest in money so
1: Oh absolutely
2: Yeah mafia or no mafia right
0: Agreed. It's a different kind of mafia in the movie it's just the the, mm-hmm. the local business owners
1: There you go <laughs> It's just pure capitalism in the movie
0: government <laughs> government sanctioned mafia Right. Rock. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they they've got I mean this is the seventies. So they've got the they've got the recession going on.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh what uh there's uh uh what was his name? Bill Gardner, Mr. Gardner, the, the fisherman that goes out. Ben Gardner. Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his wife talking about wishing she could afford meat more than once this week. and they mm-hmm. mostly just live off the fish that he catches. and yeah well
1: and in, in, in the first time we see Quint in the movie, although it's brought up by I think another character in the book is that basically that if they're not gonna have a you know make a successful summer, they're gonna be and they're gonna end up living off welfare when the winter comes. Oh
2: yes. Yeah, they really went into that in the book, didn't they?
1: Yeah, and that's that's such a big, big thing is going into the economics of how communities like this operate that rely on these you know, summer tourist dollars mm-hmm. and once it's wintertime and in like the book, for instance, they mention like Sag Harbor, which is One of those places out in Long Island, um, kind of Hamptons, Hamptons adjacent, whatever community, big whaling museum and stuff. But I've driven out there before in the off season, like even just early May, but it's before Memorial Day. And even on a nice day where it's really warm and everything, there's like, it's still just all the town, like regular town residents and it's so small but you could see how like just what a booming business it is going to become and how they're preparing for it and just these communities like okay that's their income for most of the year is just make you know they make it during you know earn it during those three months of the year and it's supposed to last them all year round essentially
2: yeah, yeah the, can't the gig economy can't, can't close the beaches, guys. That's yeah. why Florida is the hottest covid zone in the world right now, and yet everything's open i'm actually I was actually reading the rules for Panama City Beach, and it says mm-hmm. restaurants and even bars can still be at fifty percent capacity there right now. Oh my god no. no one no one need wear masks. masks are encouraged. it says in the rules it says however employees must wear masks but if you're visiting masks are encouraged it's it's insanity i
1: i have a friend who just got back from florida and has go has to go through 14 days of quarantine because in new york now and this is interesting florida was putting new yorkers on the same kind of quarantine a few months ago a few months ago yes, and we were just kind of like as New Yorkers were kind of like, okay, yeah, that's understandable. Sure. And now that the shoes on the other foot, Floridians Mm -hmm. are fucking pissed. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? We did the courtesy for you. Like, what do you not understand? We're all in this together. It's not like an us against them. That's what pisses me off so much. It's, it's not like I'm trying to antagonize anybody or, you know, we're all trying to get through this whole fucked up situation <laughs> in mm-hmm. one
0: piece. You know, it's not a war or it shouldn't be a war, but that's what it's turning into. It's a group assignment and some people are skipping class.
2: Yeah. And What's going to the has? beach and reading Jaws. <sighs> I was supposed. I'm to sorry. Leave for Florida. I, I'm
1: sorry. I had a rant. <laughs> no, uh,
0: this is a this is where to do it. I was supposed to leave for Florida uh, the day. Well, I had canceled it a couple days before, but I was supposed to leave the day before we went on our first lockdown. Ah, right, okay. Back in March.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, when we had a good health department director, who you know. <laughs> There, I looking at the graphs and everything. There's like the date she resigned, and then it's just everything's go, been going up since then. Uh, right now, they're doing county by county mask mandates, which is uh, fucking dumb. Um, yeah, they were been, doing that here here for a while too. It's been spiking here in uh, Franklin County or around Columbus. For a while, so I don't think they ever rescinded the mask mandate for employees, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until a couple weeks ago that we got our first mask mandate in, you know, customers going places thing. And I think it's showing in that the new cases are rising much faster than the percentage increase in, uh, tests, which that's the thing I've been trying not to engage in with people that I don't, I don't know, but there've been a whole mm-hmm. lot of, well, if you use the math wrong, you'll see that it's totally not a thing. It's not a problem.
2: So that's not how fucking math okay. works. That's <laughs> about to say, how does that work? I'm, you got to explain that one to me.
0: Yeah. It's like, if you don't look at the percentages. Okay. then the numbers aren't rising.
1: Oh my God.
0: Uh, okay. I just kind of stepped away. If you
1: stick your head in the sand, then the numbers aren't rising. If you That's true. Fewer,
0: if you do fewer That's, tests. That is
1: actually true. Because <laughs> you don't know what they're doing. you don't know. You, they could be falling for all you know. You wouldn't know because your head's in the sand looking away. That's all I'm saying. Well, the the
0: the, uh, <laughs> the administration right now is trying to pressure Congress to remove all the funding for contact tracing and testing and CDC and stuff in the next uh,
2: bill that they're
0: working on. So
2: I I don't get that I read that this morning and Trump is behind that, right?
0: Yes, very much. So
2: makes sense. I don't get it. I did. Why would that even make sense not to do that? Don't (laughs) we want to get this thing under control quickly and move forward? I mean, I don't know. I, am I missing something here? Well, if
0: they are transitioning the lead role to be uh, health and human services instead of the CDC like it has been, the head of HHS is Alex Azar, I believe, and he is not a doctor. He's a lawyer slash former pharmaceutical company lobbyist.
2: What, what'd you say his name is Bruce? <laughs> oh, fuck him. Any, I'm oh, Sorry.
0: Uh, Where were we? Oh, politicians.
4: Mayor Vaughn.
0: (laughs) In the book, they go a lot more into Mayor Vaughn uh, doing shitty... Let's see if this sounds familiar. Uh, Crooked politician who's working mostly to just make himself money, getting into uh, compromising situations with some nefarious people. Uh, And trying to push the facade of normalcy in attempt to
2: not look bad. That's my no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) No, doesn't remind me of anyone right now.
1: No, no, I cannot think of anyone at all that 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 reminds me of.
0: I think you're I think you're stretching. That person could have many faces, many names could be Ron DeSantis. Could be, yeah. I'll I'll try to tone that down a little bit, but they they really play into how, and especially in the book, in the movie, it's kind of there. You know, there's the mayor, yeah. there's The townspeople, there's well, we need. We need those beach dollars. We need those beach dollars. But in here, there's all the interworkings, like you were talking about, where the Harry who runs the newspaper is omitting Mm -hmm. things or Mm -hmm. changing the way that they have stories. They talk about how,
1: you know, and, and that is one, one thing I really do enjoy about the book so much more is that the relationship that they have with Harry Meadows, the editor of the newspaper and then how he feeds into outside media you know including when there's just there's like a new york times person there or whatever and what harry feeds to him from the story but what he keeps for himself and for locally and what they bury and how even here harry the meta you know the editor of the paper pressures brody initially to keep this quiet about a shark in the area so i mean we see him in the movie but I do wish there were a little bit more you, I feel that it would create a stronger sense of dread of like this pressure that Brody is under when knowing that he's getting it so much from the media too. It's not just the business owners and it's not just the politicians. If you see it from the media as well, you know, I, I, but, um, yeah. And that whole nefarious like, kind of, compl- more complex situation that goes on with the mayor mm-hmm. and his dealings and the. It, 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 I, I don't know. I think that's a good thing about the book, but I understand why they had to cut it from the movie. I don't know. Sorry, I think I de- I derailed your thought, but.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. Oh, I was just kind of working up to you know we were talking about present day situations and parallels and things in the book. And I, I wrote down this quote. It's about a paragraph long. It's in chapter ten. But it's it's Brody talking about what's going on. And you know, it's a uh, Christ I'd rather have a hurricane or an earthquake, at least after that they happen, they're over and done with. <laughs> you can look around and see what's been done and what has to be done. They're events. Something you can handle. They have a beginning and an end. This is crazy. It's as if there's a maniac running around loose, killing people wherever he felt like it. You know who he is, but you can't catch him, and you can't stop him. I think that that stood out the most as sort of representative of right now and the the beaches and the pandemic and stuff that we were linking
1: together. It's just this whole sense of uncertainty, of the, okay, we know it's out there, but, and we know it, at least, some of what we can do to avoid it, but, you know, can we, li- we can't live life in fear,
2: mm-hmm.
1: although we're kind of forced into this situation to some extent, and we sure. still have to function normally, and what is in a normal right now looks nothing like what it did six months ago. You know, uh, you know, it just it's totally different, and to see that it's only that small period of time that's where we are at this you know point. Yeah. We we never thought it, we'd be here. We never thought we would be here. Just like these people in this island, Amity Island, never thought they'd have this situation where a shark has come in and killed multiple people and is putting, endangering the dollar, the economy, but also just the lives of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people that want it. They just want to go out and it's You know, the time of year where you want to go out and have fun and do different things and whatever. And I mean, thankfully, I'm not a beach person, so (laughs) I'm not missing anything. But, you know, yeah, I want to go out and do things outdoors, too. I want to go to, you know, I want to go to bars and restaurants, but I can't do that.
2: I know. It's a it's a bummer. It's It's not like I'm someone
1: who goes out all the time, but just to do it and to do every once in a while, but also just to have the option when you don't have the option. And I understand that's what's frustrating people so much. I, I get it, but we can't this is no time to just throw caution to the wind.
2: Well, Disney World did reopen two weeks ago.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: Absolute height of the hot zone.
0: I'm surprised nobody's... Well, I'm sure somebody probably has. Has anybody done the uh, the Epcot ball as a COVID? I don't know.
2: That might work out. (laughs)
0: Lord.
2: That's pretty funny, man. I think that's a political cartoon waiting to happen right now.
0: I wish I could draw. (laughs) Uh, but they have that in the book too. There's <coughs> people running around screaming, "It's my constitutional right!" Sure. Exactly.
1: Sure. Exactly.
0: It's like, I mean, I get huh, you know, I don't know. That's oh, the short
2: sightedness. I'll never look at the I'll never look at the Epcot Center. Don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Valid point.
2: Oh um,
3: man. <laughs>
0: It's. I mean, if if it hasn't happened, it's gonna pop up soon. Cause, yeah, they opened what two weeks ago, one week ago, I think two weeks ago. I think two weeks ago. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, another thing. I know we were we we said we're gonna take a break when we get to the shark Hunt. Uh, yes. So another thing that I wanted to that I was curious about. That stands out and uh, people tend to feel strongly about is the difference in the dinner party scenes. I guess uh, in the yeah. movie, it's not so much a dinner party, but there is wine and hooper involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but what, what, how did you guys take the the group of people and that the Daisy girl uh, talking about the police? A uh, uh, sort of ribbing Brody.
1: That was that was kind of funny, but he, as the police in the background here, um, <laughs> start up... Uh, it's another another uh, weekend in uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, what can I say? Um, no, the, you know it, it was funny, and then Brody like just like. He's just like annoyed by the whole situation, of that like that whole dinner party. To begin with, mm-hmm. and then the, and then the, then she does that, and it's just like every little thing starts to just like dig at him after a while.
2: Yeah. And he does that and angry
0: drinking.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of angry drinking and sad drinking in the Jaws novel. <laughs> That's true. It was the seventies. Eh, so. that's true. Everybody had, everybody had their own fully stocked bar, right? With a mirror behind it and everything. Cocktail hour. Oh yeah. Cigarette smoking in the lounge. Sure. <laughs> in they, the hospitals the, too. Oh the yeah.
0: <laughs> they do have that part in the movie wh- when, uh, they walk past Brody's truck and there's all those empty cans.
3: Mm-hmm. on the ground
0: yeah i uh don't know if i really paid much attention to it last time when i hadn't so recently read the novel where there is so much drinking and stuff
3: Mm-hmm.
0: and yeah I, it's just i mean it kind of makes sense because they talk about amity in the movie being a really small town and all these places are close together so also, the part about Hooper being the little brother of Ellen's ex-boyfriend totally right. fits with how tight knit the the island people tend to be or seem to be.
3: Well, mm-hmm.
1: And I think you could have even had that still that detail still in here to kind of establish the fact of the relationship of these kind of people to the community. Like even if you're saying adding the detail that Martin Brody himself <clears throat> is from New York City, mm-hmm. but she is originally from this area, and oh, and wow, she knows Hooper, who's from this area, or whatever. Even if they don't go into like go into the affair, Do you know sure. what I mean? Yeah, it, of course. It it certainly establishes this kind of area and how. Brody is treated a certain way and maybe why she doesn't seem to be treated as much, you know, in the movie. I, you know, I think that they could do that. And it would, you know, it wouldn't have been any like additional like what? That's two sentences worth of extra dialogue maybe. You know, two th- or 2 minutes of screen extra screen time tops. you would have to write into the script. But it gives; it establishes an interesting kind of f- aspect to make this these characters more three dimensional. Certainly, the mm-hmm. certainly the Ellen character. God, give her some more backstory, please.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what four <laughs> was. They were trying to uh-huh. make up for it, but a little too late.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? pre-shark hunt that we wanted to talk about from the book movie
1: well the movie in general i just want to say it's so that john williams score is so iconic um i mean he did win an oscar for this but Mm -hmm. you've seen a symphony
0: perform it live right no i have not oh i went and saw our symphony do it once And it was, it was really sweet. (laughs) It was really rad with the symphony.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Did they, did they do a a lot of John Williams stuff or just specifically that? It it
0: was Star Wars stuff. And uh, I think it was one of his birthdays or something. Uh, It was one of those uh, ones like bring the kids. If you want uh, symphonies rather than the, usual Friday Saturday night where I get yeah. layers from the ush- some of the ushers yeah um, but some of the ushers love me
1: well but it just makes me think like John Williams compliments Spielberg the way that Bernard Herman and his scores complimented Hitchcock oh nice like sometimes they make the movie nothing th- I mean do you know what I mean? It's like...
0: Yeah. like Danny score... Elfman and Tim Burton. For Same more... thing. Oh, there yeah. Exactly.
1: there you go. Exactly. But, like, look at Jaws and this score. Like, it makes it a certain amount of the suspense is based on the score. Same with Psycho and what Bernard Herrmann does there with that score. It... But you're right. And Danny Elfman, you know, with different Tim Burton movies. It's I mean, there are just certain composers that... It, that work well with direct, you know, certain directors. And I really think that this movie owes—it's not that the book doesn't have a, a significant amount of suspense, which it's interesting the way it is written. Um, the build-up to the actual shark attacks, uh, there is a distinct suspense. But when you see it in the movie, and especially because. They didn't or couldn't show you, the, you know, the shark because mm-hmm. <laughs> the stupid thing kept,
2: you know, breaking. <laughs> oh, that adds to the suspense, though, right?
1: It adds to the suspense. And so you have to rely on the score. It's like when you see the haunting. I mean, there's so much of like the sound effects in that that make it just in camera angles that make it the horror movie that it is. But, you know, sound effects. Just yes. can make they make such a difference. And I was listening to the making of documentary for Jaws, and Spielberg is talking about the very end of it, the movie, when the shark uh, blows up. Spoiler alert! Um. <laughs> 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 That's how it happens in the movie, huh? um, but it's a little different in the, different in the book. Yeah but and but at the, when he's going when the you know the shark is going down you hear like kind of this muted like distorted growling scream and apparently it's the same kind of weird sound effect that Steven Spielberg used in the movie Duel when the trucks crashed <laughs> off the cliff and it's like a combination of like you know, different machines breaking and like lions roaring or something. <laughs> That's
0: right. Bizarre.
1: It's so funny, but he's like, "Yeah, I had used it during duels. <laughs> it was like his little homage." His but little he Will said Armstrong. he kind of, he said, "Yeah," and he kind of sees these too as like spirit animal films, you know. Uh, which I'm like, I would have to rewatch Duel to see whether or not I agree with that, but. Uh, I just thought that was interesting.
0: Well, and how iconic the music is, like your original point. I mean, mm-hmm. that score became yeah. what is used when anything is sneaking up and going to attack in one way or another. Uh, what Didn't they use it in uh, Pretty in Pink or Sweet 16 or something <laughs> like that? When <laughs> Anthony Michael <laughs> Hall's getting ready to talk to Molly Ringwald? You know, it's just... That heavy. might have
1: been Sixteen Candles. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Anthony Sixteen Michael Candles. Hall there, I don't know if there's a movie and Sweet Pink. Sweet I,
1: I, 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 I think you're talking about Sixteen Candles. I don't know that that well, but I know the two of them were... No, wait. Was she in that? Yeah, I guess. I don't know that one that well.
0: Pretty in but Pink you, is the one where uh, Andy really, McCarthy and uh, What's-His-Face... That plays the douchebag and mannequin. Uh, no, James Spader. That's yeah, that's but John Cryer right? and John Cryer John as Ducky and uh, Annie Potts and as Annie the Potts. awesome punk rock lady that runs the record store. Yeah, she's. I love her in that movie. Oh, and Harry Dean Stanton was her dad. Oh, dad. Anyway, <laughs> anyway,
2: wow. wow.
0: Uh, John Hughes flashbacks. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean the music. Make it helps helps make the movie so much, Uh, but also
1: you know what the other the other thing I when I hear dun dun you know what I think of clerks dun (laughs) dun cage goes in water sharks in water our shark (laughs) salsa shark (laughs) we're gonna need a bigger boat
0: (laughs) at that scene well, well I guess that's in the the boat scene never mind but. That's yeah. that's like an hour and twenty one minutes into the movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think this would probably be a good place to take a break. All right, Lance, you you satisfied with where we are so far in the chronology? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. You guys want to take like just a five minute break or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, we'll be
0: right
4: back. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on LegionPodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at Patreon.com forward slash LegionPodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars... You can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
3: And now, another episode of Quarantine Theater.
0: Don't you worry about it, Chief. It won't be permanent. You want to see something permanent? <laughs> you want to feel something permanent? You just put your hand underneath my cap. You feel that little lump? Knocko St. Patty's
2: Day, Boston? <laughs> I got that beat. It's a moray eel. It bit right through my wetsuit.
0: Well, now listen. I don't know what about that. But I entered an arm wrestling contest in a bar in San Francisco. See this? Can't extend that. You know why? Because in the semifinal, celebrating my third wife's demise, big
2: Chinese feller, he pulled me right over. Ah, yeah? Huh. Look at that. Hey, look at that. That's a bull shark. He scraped me when I was taking samples. I got something for
0: you. That's a thresher. You see that? A thresher's tail.
1: Thrusher. It's
0: a shark. You want a drink? Drink to your leg?
2: I'll drink to your leg.
0: So we drink to our legs.
2: (laughs) Uh, I got the creme de la creme right here. Hold on, hold on. Here, you see that?
0: You're wearing a sweater.
2: Yeah, yeah, right there. Mary Ellen Moffat. She broke me heart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) what's that one what that one there on your arm
0: oh a tattoo I got that removed
2: (laughs) don't tell me mother (laughs) what what is it mr. Hooper that's the USS Indianapolis you were on the Indianapolis
1: what happened
0: Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into her side chief I was coming back from the island of Tinanulait. Just delivered the bomb. The Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. Vessel went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13 footer. You know, you know how you tell that when you're in the water, Chief? You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Well, we didn't know. Because our bomb mission had been so secret. No distress signal had been sent. Didn't even list us as overdue for a week. Very first light, sharks come cruising, so we form ourselves into tight groups. You know, kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see on a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo. The idea was, the shark comes to the nearest man, he starts pounding, hollering, screaming. Sometimes the shark go away. But sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know a thing about a shark, it's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living till he bites you. Those black eyes roll over white and then, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming that the ocean turns red. In spite of the pounding and the hollering, they all come in. They rip you to pieces. You know, but the end of that first dawn, we lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks, maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men. They averaged six an hour. On Thursday morning, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player. Bosun's mate. I thought he was asleep. I reached over to wake him up. He bobbed up and down in the water, just like kind of a top upended Oh, well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist Noon knew in the fifth day Lockheed Ventura saw us swung in low and he saw us he was a young pilot, younger than Mr. Hooper he saw us and he came in low and three hours later big fat PBY comes down starts to pick us up that was the time I was most frightened waiting for my turn I'll never put on a life jacket again so 1,100 men went into the water. 316 men come out. Sharks took the rest. June 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb.
1: What's that?
2: It's a whale.
0: Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu... You ladies of Spain,
2: show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. How I
1: you had a drink about an hour, hour, an hour, hour ago, ago,
3: and, go and night, it's
1: gone right to through my, my head. head. Wherever, Wherever I, I may roam, may roam. <laughs> my, my land, let's go home.
3: You will always, always hear me singing this song. song.
1: Show, show me the way, way, to, way to go, go.
3: home. Just uh, show, show me the way, way, to, way go to go home. home. <laughs> I'm tired, tired and I wanna I go, to go to bed. I had I a little
1: drink, drink about an hour, hour ago. ago. And it went right to my to head.
3: Wherever <laughs> uh,
1: I may roam, on land, land or sea, sea or home, you,
2: you, you can always,
1: always hear me be singing. singing.
0: <laughs> Start the engines. All right. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. I know we did. <laughs> uh, and that's what it's all about. Just amuse yourself, and hopefully others will enjoy that. But uh, so exactly. the events kind of lead up the same way, for the most part, that gets our crew our on trio. The water. Yeah, the trio on the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, in, in the movie, there's the iconic fingernail on the chalkboard scene and everything. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they just call Quint
2: in the book. Th- that's been played out so often in, like, The Family Guy and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: it's a big fish. Well, it-
1: yeah. Robert Shaw is has made Quint such a, he made Quint such a, an icon. I, I feel not that he was, not that the character wasn't in the book,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but Robert Shaw took, took him to a whole other level. I think at the point sorry. I, well, and I was reading on IMDb. I don't know how true this is, but it's an interesting thought that Oliver Reed was considered for the role of Quint.
2: Okay.
4: And I'm
1: like, I could totally see that. Okay. I could totally see it.
0: I I think I heard that in one documentary or another that I watched about the movie. I mean,
1: both severe, you know, drunkards in real life. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I could see them being all, yeah, that works. But still, Robert Shaw has a... I don't know. Brings his own special magical crazy. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> special, <laughs> magical crazy. Is. That that well,
1: works. But no, because because <clears throat> we are reminded so much more in the book that Quint is like an Ahab kind of. Oh, hipster.
2: absolutely. Yeah, There's and he even
1: and even kill the
2: fucking fish <laughs> and even
1: the way he dies in the book mm-hmm. and in the original screenplay for this is more like Captain Ahab, mm-hmm. but uh, using my English degree for a change. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel, I, I don't know. I, I think it works. So to the fact of having him die, like he does having the shark eat him, Considering he had that whole big, his whole speech about the Indianapolis, you it's
2: know, been it, it was kind for of this whole time. Yeah, it's the same
1: kind of fate, mm-hmm. you know, fate-filled, you know, destiny.
0: Yeah, I like. I, I think mm, it's hard to tell. Uh, there, there is so much. I feel like there's a lot more personality in the Robert Shaw Quint, mm-hmm. but I yes. still kind of feel like the book Quint is less of an asshole. <laughs> agreed <laughs> which people love assholes and everything but I, I think from what I understand he was kind of annoyed with Richard Dreyfus's style of acting so yep. that kind of fed yep. into the antagonism that they had on the screen
1: well but in the book considering that Hooper is different than Dreyfuss's Hooper Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Hooper being more of an asshole there to counterbalance. And when you don't have Hooper in the movie being a real asshole.
0: Yeah, he's You like... know, it,
1: it, it's like you have to have someone compensating. You have to have someone playing that, that, you know, it's count point counterpoint.
3: hmm.
1: You know, with Brody somewhere in the middle.
3: Yeah,
2: because you don't have the tension in the movie between, you know, Hooper and Brody like you do in the book for obvious reasons. And where Brody's kind of like watching him out of the corner of his eye, trying to, you know, trying to poke him to get him to tell where he really was that Wednesday when he said he was at his hotel room alone. And then he said he was uh, out dating Daisy, who, as we all know, is a lesbian. So there's no way he would have been dating her. But so you had to build that tension in another way. So I think Robert Shaw kind of brought that more to the movie. Would you guys agree?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and especially because you have Hooper in the film seeming so much more just science minded. Mm hmm. More and likable. Like, in the film for sure. Yeah, exactly. And certainly more likable. He doesn't come across as, even though he says he comes from money, he refers to that. He doesn't, seem as much like a snotty little rich boy he just seems like science boy
0: yeah like book hooper is snotty little rich boy
1: yeah where he has to be down to what he's dressing you know dressed in no actually look at what hooper is wearing in the film this is a guy who as who looks much more practical like being you know working in that environment you know him dressed up is oh he has a he has a blazer and a tie, you know, and a button down, but he's still wearing jeans and you know chucks, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got it you know <laughs> he just happened to not have his beanie hat on, <laughs> he combed his hair <laughs> like that's him getting dressed up, but. <laughs>
0: But he brings his own boat instead of, in the book, borrowing the dead guys. Yeah. yeah. So there's just interesting little changes that all make sense when you think about it. But right. I feel like the differences are also part of why some people are get frustrated or angry at the book after having seen the movie. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a phenomenon. I mean, that was one of the parts of that comment. By our uh, friend was see that's why I didn't like the book was because it's different from the movie, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I took they they have different tones, I guess. Uh, a lot of the way through, and it, well, I did want to double check because I kind of glossed over some of the Daisy Hooper stuff. Is Daisy the one that was at the dinner party? Yes. that Ellen had, who probably knew she was a lesbian, right? No, no, not Ellen necessarily. Brody didn't know that? Okay,
1: maybe not necessarily,
0: because she seemed to, or be... maybe
1: she, you don't know if she necessarily knew. Okay, but she could have done it on purpose.
0: Could have done that on purpose, but she was the like the John Stewart character in Half Baked. She's like, have you ever eaten gazpacho? On yeah. weed, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's
2: a great movie.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, uh, but so they're on the boat. Hooper in the in the book. Hooper and Brody are kind of, you know, Brody's pretty obvious with his suspicion, and Hooper is kind of ashamed but getting annoyed that he's being suspected of doing something he's done
3: Mm
0: -hmm. right uh and yeah bro or quint is just kind of you two fucking assholes (laughs) i knew you were gonna get into it um what 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 else really stands out uh, in this this portion Uh, i think we off mic or on mic talked about how in the book they're going out and coming back in and in the movie it's not necessarily implied, but the orca does not appear to have any sleeping quarters. No,
1: yeah, I, I I mean, I, I get that they would have to come out and come back in, come out and come back in. It's not that big of a, you know, vessel, but to, I guess to condense it down in the movie, they didn't show that progression. And it seems like they catch, you know the fish awfully quickly Mm -hmm. they could have still shown i think a passage of time some sort of way
2: yeah yeah in the in the book they even had a a part where there was a reporter on the last day that tried to get on the boat with him and they told him to go to hell (laughs) but he did like he did let the uh, cage on remember um brody was like there's no fucking way you're getting in that shark cage (laughs) right (laughs) and it ended a little bit differently for him at the in the right.
0: Yeah. What do you? What did? Uh, how did? Talk me through how how you uh, went through that that section. Were you surprised, or did you see it coming?
2: Uh, I, I I was surprised in a few ways. I I thought he was going to be successful, and, and for a minute I thought the cage wasn't going to go on the boat.
1: Yeah, I didn't think it was either. But once that all happens, whatever. I didn't think. He if he died, I didn't think he was gonna die like that. Mm-hmm. Uh that was the only thing. Um I'm surprised at how quick it happened, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a page or two.
1: <laughs> right, that's all. I was surprised at how quick it happened. It quickly. It just went okay.
0: What? <laughs> Last thing he saw. Yeah, um, it was. I don't know if I would. Well, uh, again, that's if if they left in the part where Brody or where Hooper was more of a dickhead and he had the affair mm-hmm. with Ellen. But if they left that part out and they just substituted in the ending for the Hooper character played by Richard Dreyfus, I don't yeah. think as many people would like the movie. <laughs> I, no, I th- agree. I think he's an extremely likable character in the movie.
1: Right. He's too... In the movie, he's too likable. And if you had killed him off like that,
0: nobody would have been happy.
1: Yeah, people would have gotten really ticked off.
0: <laughs> oh, that alternate reality. I wonder what it's like over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, What else? So... Is, is there anything else really that strays too far? I mean, they, they talk about the barrels pretty early. On.
2: Yeah, that that's all in there. A lot. There's a lot of similarities. You know, it's just the.
0: Uh... Yeah, there are. Um...
2: Oh, the poor little uh, embryo of the porpoise.
0: Oh yeah. That's like the only the the likable part of Hooper in that mm-hmm. timeline of the book. Something you can easily see the Richard Dreyfus character getting upset about because oh, talking yeah. about him being the science guy, the mm-hmm. you know, oh look at this magnificent animal. Yes, I know we need to kill it, but I don't hate it because it's just doing what it does. And I guess that that is also in the Hooper character in the book. He's
1: there's a lot of ecological discussion that goes on in this book too, with mm-hmm. particularly with, because of Hooper. Um. So, and more of it takes place in, you know, when they're out on the boat. And I feel that kind of sense and environmentalism was something you did start to see in a certain amount of the 70s kind of writing. So, and knowing the fact that Benchley himself ended up becoming involved in oceanic research, you know, after this it makes sense that he kind of takes care to add those details in there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't push like, it doesn't seem like he's pushing an agenda, but feels definitely very conscious of this kind of something that was, people were really starting to speak, start to speak about in the late sixties, early seventies.
0: Yeah. I think if they had, I don't know the the effects might've been interesting, but I can't imagine Uh, Quint popping open a little cooler there being a little (laughs) robot porpoise baby
1: no absolutely (laughs) not I can't imagine that not family not family happy uh huh I guess it wouldn't have gotten the PG rating that it did Um, I know that cut down some of the gore so it could get a PG rating but it doesn't it didn't ever seem to have that much
0: and this was pre PG thirteen, so it was just right, PG yes. or R, right? Yeah. Uh, um, let, 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 let's see. I guess we should probably talk about the ending, huh? Unless we're we're missing something.
1: Um. Oh, one thing I wanted to say that. So there was probably about five years ago now. This is totally. This is. I was going to say this earlier, but I forgot that about five years uh, ago, I saw this movie in the theater. And so, you know, that scene where Hooper is diving and finds dead Ben Garner. And he, the body pops up. Oh yeah. Jump scare. Everybody in the theater, even though they knew it was coming, everybody in the theater jumped (laughs) when they saw that on the big screen.
2: Very effective scene, right?
1: It is. I mean, and it was so funny because everybody looked around and kind of, they were like laughing at themselves because again, (laughs) we all knew it was coming. We, we, we had all seen the movie. You know, you could just hear people talking about it while we were waiting to get in that everybody was like, I'm so glad I'm finally going to see this on the big screen or something, you know? Mm -hmm. But the, the, it's just interesting that you have certain shots like that and, in this movie and then there's the one uh when the little kinter boy or whatever gets killed and you see there's the you know pull out zoom in kind of shot of brody on the beach
0: oh yeah the the iconic
1: that iconic shot um like, there's certain things like that in this movie that you forget that are just, like, yeah, they're just these senses <clears throat> of, like, movie magic.
0: hmm
1: And this really, I feel, was kind of the birth of the summer blockbuster.
0: Yeah, I, wasn't it literally what the term was coined? In yeah. Was it,
2: That, that, this was it, huh?
0: I think so. I think so.
2: Makes sense, yeah.
0: Yeah, fucking. I mean, that's why it's so weird to talk about it on a show because you want to talk so much, but it's also a thing that's been talked about a whole lot. So I'm kind of glad we focused a lot in on the discrepancies between the film and the
2: book because I, I, yeah,
0: I do think, I mean, two out of three of us had never read the book before.
2: Yeah. And I, and I will de- I'll say I definitely enjoyed each experience. I, I enjoyed watching the movie again for the 24th time or whatever and I enjoyed <laughs> right. I enjoyed reading the book. I really did. I I appreciated the differences. I liked the fact that it was it kept moving. It was a fast read and um, yeah. I liked the way that they did the ending because they went out to see a, a, over the course of several days rather than one you know one trip.
0: Are you more satisfied with the the death of the shark
2: in the movie or the book. Oh, man. What do you think, Vanessa? Oh.
1: It's so fun and dramatic in the movie.
2: It is. Yeah. Same here.
1: <laughs> it's satisfying. It's satisfying. Mm-hmm. in a totally different way and it's big and spectacular and it goes it, anything that makes a big explosion is great right yeah. um <laughs> because it really is an action adventure movie and goddamn it how do you make an action adventure about fishing think about that <laughs> it, yeah.
3: okay. really
1: it, it, like i said i compared it to the old man and the sea and what the old man and the sea is like it's got certain elements that have these are similar where you have these this human who's trying to connect to the fish as as a struggle to take down the fish. And here's this one that fish that doesn't behave like any others and they, you know, and it's this anomaly and then it becomes a mission, an obsession for Quint, you know. Yeah, A, you know, me. Ahab here mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah
2: that was crazy
1: I mean it really it, and then even but it almost becomes an obsession for Brody though he mm-hmm. starts to move into that territory because you see I think on that like next to that last they're getting ready to go out for that last time he says to Ellen when he's home something to that extent
0: yeah, where, oh, yeah. she's like you're not going back out and after he's Hooper like, died I, and he's like, I have to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he's on a mission to himself. It's not yeah. just Quint that has started this, has this obsession. Everybody knows Quint's, you know, wackadoodle. <laughs> Brody's going down that road too because of this, you know, this
0: fish. I mean, it becomes an obsession. And they play that with uh, throughout the film series. I mean, by the end, it is very much a. It's, it's, uh, the fourth movie is not a very good movie i would, uh-huh. I would hazard it's to say it's been a
1: while since i've seen the others is
0: that is that the one that's literally called jaws the revenge that is jaws the revenge yes. uh that is michael cain that is the one with michael cain um, <laughs> what did he say about the movie bottom of house
2: Yeah, frankly, I've never seen the movie, but it paid for for a hell of a condo or something like that.
0: (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Uh, It really goes into, although a lot of people, you said you've never seen it or you haven't seen it in a while, Vanessa? I haven't seen it in a while. Okay, so a lot of people, myself included, will complain about the end where the shark jumps out of the water. Mm-hmm. But in the first fucking movie, the shark jumps out of the water onto yes. the orca. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. So it's one of those, yeah, it's a little bit higher, but I think people are forgetting it at that point that the fucking mm-hmm. shark jumps out and lands on the deck. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Quint meets his his demise. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> amidst the floppy shark teeth uh stabbing it with his knife and stuff, mm-hmm. screaming and spitting blood. And in the book it's a little bit more poetic. I,
2: maybe, it just gets just gets dragged down, right? Just
0: yeah, just dragged down yeah. by his hunt by mm-hmm. he by gets his drowned. Hunting. Yeah.
1: Which is what a lot. I, okay, so I've gone down a rabbit hole. Surprise, surprise. Over the past few days, I've been watching all these National Geographic uh, underwater specials. And I was watching this one about dolphins, I mean, not dolphins, but whales and the way that they kill. And then, like, and how they essentially drown other whales. And that's, like, their way of, like, they don't, like, bite into them to, like, kill them. They just, like, the only bite onto them, but, like, hold them down to, like, to, they actually just drown them. And so here you have, like, okay, you have the shark doing the same kind of thing in the book, essentially.
0: hmm yeah. Don't they, they talk about the Megalodon in the book, too, right? Yes. Uh-huh. When did that book come out? Was that not the 70s? I'm guessing it was the 80s or the 90s? Never read it.
2: No, never read it. They made a terrible movie, which was loosely based on it.
0: Yeah. uh, (laughs) I feel like everybody I know that's read the book
2: was like, fuck that movie. Yeah. (laughs) I think the book was supposedly pretty good. I've never read it, though.
1: I think that sounds like something that probably came out in the 70s, truthfully.
0: 97. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. If it's Meg, a novel of deep terror... Oh, it's got it.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Mhm. That's that. Yeah, 1997 and it was adapted into The Meg in 2018. Oh. <sighs> what are what are some other I don't know if anybody's pressed for time but do you want to go through some of your other favorite shark movies or um or have we have we uh, come to the end?
1: You this? know the shallows wasn't terrible.
2: No, I liked surprisingly good. That was I think that was on my top ten list that year.
1: That was better than I expected.
2: Mm-hmm. It was one that of was those
1: that I like saw one, for like a, one like woman,
2: one woman show, right?
1: Yeah, basically it was mostly just Blake Lively, and that was it. But the yeah. what they had, you know, as far as the setup of the shark was was better deep Water's is pretty good too
0: how do you feel about the sharknado movies <laughs> well
1: i, got, I can, handle, I can handle the first one like just as a joke but other than mm-hmm. after that i'm just like stop
2: what's the point right
1: yeah
0: my sister-in-law used to host sharknado parties which were fun because it would just mm-hmm. be getting together, drinking, you know, the adults drinking a bunch of wine and beer and stuff and uh, stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I've i maybe seen the first two. What, what are there, like, seven now? Oh, God. Who knows? I think,
1: I think they're, like, six or seven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I gave I think, up, at, I, I think, after the fourth.
2: I think the final chapter was, like, three movies back, if that tells you anything.
0: Yeah last final chapter the final final last chapter i yeah i liked 47 meters down fine mm-hmm. and i even liked uh yeah. 47 meters down uncaged
2: Oh, uh, did didn't care for either of i liked open water uh i like the shallows um, Open
1: water is what i was thinking of why don't say yeah dark? yeah i haven't seen the second
2: movie. <laughs> have not <laughs> seen the second one but um yeah, other than that, to me, Jaws is the gold standard, and most yeah. most shark movies suck. I hate to say it. I'll watch Sand the Blue sea if it's and, on. Uh Yeah, I guess.
0: But you know, I I have not made it all the way through. I have given up on Crawl like mm-hmm. f- five times. I don't even think I'm halfway through the
2: movie, and I just keep turning it off. Mm hmm. Yeah, good for you. I'm not a fan. I'm in the minority, but not a fan. Vanessa? I know we're getting into...
1: I have not seen that.
2: ...gator and dial
0: territory, but...
1: Hey, I'm all for some some giant animals and crazy animal amok films.
0: It's every time I put on Crawl, I turn it off after 10, 15 minutes and look to see if Lake Placid's on anywhere. Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> The yeah. best, One of the best lines ever was in that movie. <laughs> Whether this is when if I had a dick, I'd tell you to suck it. That's the line.
0: <laughs> oh, Betty White. Let's drink to our legs and drink to Betty White.
2: Yep.
1: I don't know. I'm still a big fan of uh, the original 70s Piranha movie.
2: Yeah. That's a good one.
0: I, I liked parts um, the, the
1: the 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 was it remake or whatever the uh, piranha double d was actually pretty funny
0: uh, is that the first remake kind of or the second remake
1: the first one
0: okay with ving rames and elizabeth Shue and uh jerry o'connell and paul Shear. yeah oh yeah as the girls gone wild type douchebags I, yeah or christopher right. lloyd <laughs>
1: Oh, hey! Yeah, hey, tying yes.
0: this back in, we got yeah. Richard fucking Dreyfus in the tiny mm-hmm. boat at the beginning.
1: Yes, that's right. That's right. I forgot he was in that. See, there is apparently a method to my madness.
0: Yeah, we sewed that button back on, and uh, I think we have found ourselves at the end. Well, we we we'll, we're gonna offer Lance to. Uh, to plug your shit and go if you want to but i think vanessa's still got to announce what movie we're doing next i don't know if you want to be but
1: i was before that i was going to say i think it seems that we would all recommend this
0: Mm -hmm. oh absolutely (laughs) yeah the book and the movie (laughs) if you haven't seen jaws
1: i I would i'm just going out on the limb and saying Mm -hmm. we we are all on the same page there but
0: to all the four and five year olds who haven't seen jaws yet that are listening to the show if you're older than that i am extremely surprised that you haven't seen. You
1: should have bad parents who showed it to you. you <laughs> like should. us. You should.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, you know, uh, I always offer, it, well, with uh, with our kid, I don't know if you did this at all, Lance, but uh, usually the parent that is sitting with the kid will try to cover the eyes in the old traditional mm-hmm. fashion and they pry your fingers open in the traditional fashion.
2: Yes, okay. Yeah.
0: But yeah, the... Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the book because people either hate it or don't. Yeah, you can like it or you can love it, but the people that don't like it seem to really not like it.
1: hmm Well, I, like, for me, I gave it four out of five stars. <clears throat> so it's not that I don't like it. It's
0: just I don't love it. Yeah, that's fine. That's you know? the second time I've read it in my life.
2: I'm just happy to be back on track for my 24 books for the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, it's nice to have a break from the other book I'm reading is called like everything you love will burn. And oh, that's, okay. you know,
2: Not summer reading.
0: <laughs> yeah. Summer reading about uh, right wing, like nationalist groups. Uh, oh so... boy.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a
1: light airy read.
0: Yeah, uh, I, it, it was recommended by one of the guys from, uh, I talk about this on occasion, but I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, Dixieland of the Proletariat.
2: Uh, I've seen you post some stuff from their, uh, I guess, from their Facebook group.
0: It, it's some guys uh, down in Alabama, uh, I think mm-hmm. Montgomery area. And yeah. some of them are history students. Uh, one of them, I think, ran for office once. And it's. It's pretty cool left-wing Marxist communist type stuff um to to oversimplify but uh you know they have people from DSA on they have people from different protests and diff- different uh activist groups on they started out with I think the there was like an episode on Monsanto uh episode about the colonization of America and the taking of American Indian lands and uh stuff like that but uh it was like check check this book out. So I'm trying. I found <laughs> it. It's hard for me to read physical books sometimes, but if I can find it on audiobook, I've got all the time in the world because I do a lot of chores nowadays. In the lockdown, my my domesticity is being pushed to the limit in uh, cooking and laundry and yard maintenance. <laughs> <clears throat>
3: uh,
0: anyway, that was largely boring. <laughs> Lance, before you go, or before we give you the option to go, before we do the, uh, the closing of the episode, uh, what's, what's going on over at, uh, Horror Returns and the Horror Returns Network?
2: Well, I mean, we normally do, you know, whatever is the newest horror movie out, we'll usually go see it in the movie theater and do an older movie with similar themes. We haven't been able to do that for about four months, so we're just kind of doing random double bills like we did, uh, alien slugs this week so we did night of the creeps and slither and uh we did fright night and the fright night remake the week before so there's no telling what we're gonna do these days but we're on uh pod uh apple podcast anywhere you find uh just look for the horror returns and you'll find us
1: excellent excellent perfect so you're welcome to stay and join us for while we announce what we're doing next time or if you have to go we can let you go we're giving you Prob- that option
2: probably want to go check on the wife um, just you know because okay. I hadn't checked on her in a little while and I know she's okay. <laughs> she's quite moody she's quite moody she's easily depressed right now which is understandable yeah, totally, totally
0: understandable thank thank you for your time and thank her for yeah. giving your time
1: yes, absolutely thank you very much good to have you here
2: well I appreciate the invite guys and, So, uh, uh, and until the lance to- from
0: the horror returns yeah. Good
2: night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys have fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Okay. man. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Okay. Uh, now okay. that he's
0: gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. So. so do you know? Okay.
2: What, we.
0: What? Do you know what you're picking?
1: I do know. So for next month, well, as many listeners or you may know, have noticed, we, we haven't been doing as many shows and we haven't been reading as much. Like everything has been so thrown out of whack during times of quarantine. So I kind of have the thought uh, for August, since some August we've done episodes where we've done like two movies, you know, just to give ourselves a break anyway from a book. We're going to do an episode that is one half, just referral slips because we haven't put one of those out in a while, but just to kind of update you on like what we've been watching while we've been in in quarantine. And if we've been reading anything, I know Darren, your reading time has been uh, restricted
0: a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find myself sort of hoping that it continues to be restricted in that I'm scared to death of sending my kid back to school in the fall.
1: Well, that, I know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that.
0: Uh, but. I, I just. That yeah. aside, that aside, I mean, I, I don't want to complain. Like I don't have advantages over a lot of people in this situation. You know, I, right. uh, I can be home if, if he's doing online school, you know? Right. Uh, I don't have to be out and about. So, but anyway, uh, yes, my reading time has been cut drastically because I'm doing a lot of dad stuff lately.
1: Yeah, I get it. So anyway, because of that, and then so we were going to just do so our episode is just going to be half kind of like talk about what we've been watching that kind of thing and then the second half of the episode is going to be just covering one movie and i decided um i had thought about this movie before and you know i do like to pull out just kind of random cult movies every once in a while (laughs) every Um, once in a while yeah every once in a while
0: (laughs) (laughs) once and a while about
1: that (laughs) um yeah yeah sure um occasionally um but i and i noticed not that i don't own this already on (laughs) blu-ray because of course i do but i noticed it is also on amazon prime right now it is the 1960s roger vadim movie barbarella starring jane fonda
0: (laughs) Oh wow, that's on uh, Amazon. Yeah. All right.
1: Have you ever seen it before?
0: A long, long, long time ago. Um, I saw it, and we'll uh, probably we'll get into it more on the show. Sure. But back in the day when I used to raid my dad's VHS uh, collection, of, of course. Yeah, I think because why not? Yeah, first time I saw it, I was probably twelve or thirteen, um, <laughs> and everybody that knows about the movie knows about the movie, and uh, that's that's <laughs> so nice. Yeah, I I might actually have that on DVD or Blu-ray, but I'm not sure. Okay,
1: about. it's not too weird of a choice. No. It's not too weird of a choice, but I figured it's something, you know, we don't it's not too deep and, you know, it's, you know, easily accessible right now. So
0: And do we want to tempt fate again by saying what else we're trying to do in August? Or no?
1: Um, we are trying to do a special episode where is it just a quarant a a longer quarantine theater, but we don't know if that's gonna happen. In August or September at this point, it's, we would like to happen soon. Uh, it's just a matter of like getting schedules to yeah. coordinate on it. To get so, it to
0: I, I have to get it to work. I have confirmed interest from our projected Wadsworth.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: I don't know if I told you that, but I'll tell everybody that.
1: Uh, you have already given away some information.
0: Well, to those who know, to those who that's, I guess that can be easily googleable. so Go- whoever's... Get on
1: huh? the Googling machine, get on the Googling machine. Yeah,
0: on the Google machine, if you look it up on the Google. But, yeah, uh, maybe should we cut that out or should we not? Well,
1: we could just leave that in, sure, to pique interest.
0: We're drawing more attention to it. Clear your throat and start whistling
1: So yes In August we will do our combination Referral slip and Barbarella episode And possibly um, A little quarantine theater Bonus thrown in there So That will happen sometime soon So Yeah that's what's coming up for us Soon Anything for you Darren outside uh, VD clinic
0: you know, it it's hard to
1: Psycho Semanticast.
0: It's hard to plan too far ahead in Psycho Semanticast. Um, sure. looking at the possibility of covering the series The Boys before the season two starts. I don't know if you ever watched that. mm Uh it's uh it was a comic book, but it is an right. Amazon series about mm-hmm. Probably a little bit more realistic view of superheroes in uh, modern society.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, the show is fun. E- even if you're not a big superhero slash comic book fan, I was always, I've, I've said this before on the show, I always liked more the underground comics or the short runs and stuff. And right. It, it's more in that flavor than Superman or Green Arrow and stuff like that. It's more right. like the short series where uh, Superman landed in Soviet Russia or the Marvel Zombies series or something like that. But, um,
1: yeah, uh, I think I'll, I'll nod and, and say and pretend like those mean something to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're uh, very quickly. Uh, there, I there know what a, you mean. I, a... I know
1: basically what you mean. Okay. But yeah, yeah. The Marvel I'm series choosing.
0: was the superheroes. We're all zombies and they brought their mutant traits with them.
1: I know. I have heard of some of those things. I'm just teasing.
0: <laughs> but yeah, anyway, well, more into that just in case. I mean, if we do our referral slips and that does come to pass, I usually don't like to say too much about what's getting to happen because I think the last right. two or three things that I said were going to happen that hadn't already been recorded right. fell through. Um, nothing's, I think the Midnight Horror Show is on extended hiatus and, uh, I mean, you can catch me on the, uh, podcast under the stairs summer series. We are doing the 2000s. I am on 2001 and 2005 of that. So the 2001 episode should probably be out roughly around the same time that this episode's coming out. Uh, cause that's all supposed to start in a week or two from now, and he puts out like four episodes a week, <laughs>
1: so right uh, yeah, I think that's... I know. sometimes I can't keep up with what he puts out, yeah, massive output depends on my week
0: <laughs> yeah L- lot of lot of listening time has been cut down one way or another, right. Uh, but yeah, v- VD clinic, VD clinic pod. Uh, unless you need that other information, but if you're listening to quarantine rules, you shouldn't need that much. <laughs> that much of that uh, other information. Um, is there anything else to add?
1: Not that I can think of.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> shark goes in the water. It's all shark.
3: Our shark. Air shark.
0: We're going to need a bigger boat. And until we get our bigger boat. Yes. We say goodbye for now. Bye. Bye. All right. I am here with, do you want to say who you are? There's the microphone.
3: Danzig.
0: You're Danzig. And what did you just do? What, what did you just watch?
3: Jaws.
0: What did you think of it?
3: It was super cool and bloody. (laughs)
0: What what was your favorite parts?
3: When the shark blew up.
0: Anything else? No. No? No. Nothing
3: else? Nothing else.
0: Was it the scariest shark movie you've ever seen?
3: It was about less scarier than 47 meteors, meteors down deep. And the deep blue sea.
0: It was scarier than it's 47 meters down and deep blue sea. Do you have anything else that you want to say? Yeah. What? I couldn't
3: say. What?
0: I couldn't
3: say. I'm only wearing a shirt. Go ahead. I'm only wearing a shirt.
0: Okay, anything else that you'd like to share with the world? No. Do you Are you afraid of sharks or you still like sharks?
3: I still like sharks until I see one until I see one cram into my wall.
0: Cram into your wall.
3: Yeah. So I've actually seen sharks on land.
0: <laughs> what kind of shark?
3: Oh. Hammerhead shark combined with a big white shark. Hammerhead? Uh, really? Yeah, they were combined together there. It was a double hammerhead shark. The hammerhead shark was put on top of the hammerhead shark to make a giant shark.
0: Mm. What what, Anything else about Jaws? No. No? Let's
3: go to the next scary movies with sharks.
0: What scary movie should we watch next?
3: I'm talking about, like...
0: Oh, you want to talk about Deep Blue Sea? uh
3: Uh-huh.
0: What's your favorite part of Deep Blue Sea?
3: What's the boozy it?
0: That's the one with the bird and LL Cool J.
3: Yeah, the cook.
0: Yeah, the cook.
3: My favorite part was when the shark blew up.
0: <laughs> Is that your favorite part in every shark movie? It's when yeah. the shark blows up?
3: Except when a shark gets, when a shark eats a gun. It...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah?
3: Dead on a rock.
0: Dead on a rock. Mm-hmm. Any other shark movies?
3: No, our captain.
0: Okay. Anything else you'd like to say before we go? No. All right. Well, thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VDClinicPod or reach us via email at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, VD Clinic Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and more.